Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode oh, there, 196 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm a little sleepy. Well, yeah, we were. We had a... You and I had a live event last we night. We did have a live event last night, so thanks to everyone who came out. It was great. Yeah, it's a Palmer Snow, Cuyahoga County. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, um, but I ended up like sticking around during all the book signings to just hang out a little bit longer because I didn't want to go home. Which led me to not get home till pretty late, and now I'm now I'm paying for it, but that's okay. I'm staring longingly at your coffee, um, but I'll, I I shall power through. <laughs> I'll I'll overcome. Uh, Good for you. Thank you. Uh, before we get started today with what we're going to be doing, we want to remind everyone: uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it is released, or Friday of this week, we are accepting your cat and dog pictures on instagram and twitter uh, for the rest of this week and then that's the cutoff and we're going to pick a cat winner and a dog winner for our 200th episode where we will give out a kobo or a one so keep sending those in for the next day or two again if you listen to this thursday or friday if you listen to this after thursday or friday and you want to send us cat or dog pictures you can but you won't have the ability to win a free device um and you can do that by finding us on at ProBookNerds on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. You can send us animals there, too. So, if someone wants to send, like, a rogue red panda, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be okay. Really, any cute animal, but yeah. cats and dogs are the main ones. Uh, other things before we get, get into this that you can think of? No? I don't think so. Okay, if you're a librarian and you're going to ALA... Uh, stop by the Overdrive booth because Jill will be there. I will be there. She'll, she'd love to say hi. Um, okay, that's all the. Th- I think that's all the housekeeping. So what are we doing today? Today is our big um, monthly February books episode. My coffee has not cracked in yet. I was wondering um, if you were trying to think of what month it was. No, it was February. <laughs> February. February books. We do this monthly. As our longtime listeners know, where Adam and I pick our top picks for uh, the month. We don't go over the lists beforehand. So, I don't know if we're going to have any crossovers. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, also, I feel like there was maybe one, but... Yeah, we'll not. see. Maybe not. But I also should point out, I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast, but if you are a librarian and you listen to this and then you go into Overdrive Marketplace where all of our libraries do their purchasing, we... We... I shouldn't take credit for this. Jill diligently makes these lists every single month and puts them in there. So, you can buy the entire collection if you want and promote it next to our podcast episodes on your website or you can just pick a few of the books or you can go and shop and whatever you want just go on overdrive marketplace our bosses will be very happy if you go spend money um but yeah the lists are in there every single month so along with one ginormous list of everyone who's ever been on correct which is if you want to buy that whole one your budget might <laughs> you might run out of yeah budget. there's a lot of books in there yeah um just because I did, you know. Well, I mean, a lot of people. Depending on the author. Yeah, a lot of the authors that have so. been. Exactly. What you said. Uh, so I have one, two, three, ten? I have seven. Okay. So that means I should start? You should start. I should start. Uh, my first one for February is The Atomic City Girls by Janet Beard. This is historical fiction, but what it is, is. Um, It's described as in the best-selling tradition of Hidden Figures and the Wives of Los Alamos. Uh, But it is 
these everyday women who were working on the Manhattan Project during World War II. So this June Walker in November of 1944 goes on this unmarked bus and gets taken to this city that doesn't officially exist. She's going there for a job with the government. She doesn't know what it is. But the city is entirely self-contained. And uh, these young women are working on these massive uh, heavy machinery, these massive heavy machines and they're never really told what they're what they're doing, and uh, in the evening they spend time with soldiers and scientists and all sorts of different people. Like the city itself has like bowling alleys and canteens, much like a normal city would have, but again, all self-contained. Uh, but of course, nefarious things are going on because they're working on the Manhattan Project. So um, there's a lot of discussions about Hiroshima in here and all sorts of stuff. Sounds really interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this. Uh, the Atomic City Girls by Janet Beard. I was making a weird face, and Adam Kipple kind of made that's why he had some my, unintentional pauses. Yeah, my... The, I was having technical, technical issues. So. We good? We're good. Okay. Uh, well, we're good for now. <laughs> we can get through this. Okay. <laughs> um, my first one is Educated by Tara Westover. Did you almost put it on? I you... did put it. was the oh, last one okay, on my see? list. All right. So we're okay. We're okay. So uh, Tara was 17 the first time she set foot in a classroom. Born to survivalists in the mountains, mountains of Idaho, she prepared for the end of the world by stockpiling home canned peaches and sleeping with her head for the hills bag. In the summer, she stewed herbs for her mother, a midwife and healer. And in the winter, she salvaged metal in her father's junkyard. Um... And then, she, yeah, so she grew up very isolated, um, but managed to kind of get out and go to school and learn about this whole world she knew nothing about. Yeah, not only go to school, she, and it says it in the description. You mentioned this is nonfiction, right? Did oh. I? Okay, I'm making sure. Sorry, it is nonfiction. Yeah, yes. it's nonfiction. And not only did she go get educated, but she went and got a PhD from Cambridge. Um, yeah, it's, it sounds like a super interesting read um i'm very i like i said i put it on my list too so i didn't mean to cut you off but no no you're fine yeah it sounds really good um my next one is a death in live oak by james grapando grapando sorry probably shouldn't butcher a name of an author who won the 2017 harper lee prize but i just did so apologies um basically what happens is a college student, Jamal Cousin, is ends up, he's found dead. Uh, he's the president of a preeminent black fraternity at Florida's flagship university. They found him hogtied in a swamp, which is not a good way to, to be found. Uh, and the people of the community think that this Mark Towson, who is a president of a prominent white fraternity, uh, did, you know, was the the murderer and so it's this novel itself is very much a like a legal thriller um kind of like pelican brief type of a thing uh so i i don't want to give too much away because honestly i feel like even the description on overdrive.com gives away a little too much Uh, but i'm really interested in i i don't read a ton of legal thrillers but i feel like everyone i do i read them really quickly i'm like yeah i'm on board for that yeah um so a death in live oak i'm very interested. I have Feel Free by Zadie Smith. Man, I, I think it's it was... It's okay, maybe to leave it out. 
I think it was because I was tired this morning and I like was not zoning in on these are definitely Joe books. Uh, as well. I, you know, sh- we had an arc came through last week. Somebody has an arc of this, like an advanced copy. Yeah, it came through. I don't remember who grabbed it, um, but our friends at I believe it's a Penguin book. I think it is. Which is probably why we have an arc of it. I feel like I should check before saying that. Um, Do you want to talk and I'll look it up? So, and no, it's Andy Smith, um, and she has. It is. It's Penguin. So um, our friends at Penguin Random House and an advanced reader copy. Somebody snatched it up, but it's floating somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know who has it on our team, but um, Danny Smith, of course, is just an incredible writer. And this is a book of essays uh, arranged into four sections in the world, in the audience, on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And feel free. And it uh, poses questions we immediately recognize. What is a social network and Facebook itself really about? Why do we love libraries? I love this quote. Well-run libraries are filled with people because what a good library offers cannot be easily found elsewhere. An indoor public space in which you do not have to buy anything in order to say. If anyone wants to pay Jill and I to write an essay about why we love libraries, it would be... I don't know the standard number of words in an essay, but it would be more than that. So... There's Sadie. Yeah. want to come on the podcast (laughs) and talk to us about libraries? Sadie, if you want a secondary... She's such a good writer. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. She's just, oh, man, I heard Swing Time last year, two years ago, whenever it came out. And it was just, it blew me away. Well, I, you weren't alone. It was everywhere. It was so good. It's so, so, so good. That's Feel Free by Zadie Smith. Salty. We went like several months without overlapping, and then your two of your first ones are on my list. Uh, I blame not enough coffee. Okay. How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. You're nodding approvingly as if oh, you I'm knew in- I was. Oh, I'm interviewing. I read it. Yeah. And I'm interviewing him at ALA. Okay. I was. I took a chance here because I knew that, but... I Yeah, I did not put it on. All right. So I won't give too, too much away, but um, <clears throat> basically what happens in this, it's kind of a, t- it's a time travel, science fiction, historical fiction, love novel type of a thing. Um, so the, the main character's name is Tom Hazard, and he looks like he's 41 years old. But he has this rare condition that allows him to live for centuries at a time. Um, or for, for centuries. He doesn't live them all at the same time. That was a poor description. Uh, he's performed with Shakespeare. He has explored the high seas with Captain Cook. He's drank with Fitzgerald. Uh, now he just wants an ordinary life. And I, like the kind of the hook is there's a society that helps keep these people like him safe. But their one rule is you can't fall in love. And it sounds like he does, in fact, fall in love. Um, but yeah, I, I saw that you, I thought you wouldn't put it on the list because I knew you were interviewing him. So, uh, I am looking forward to hearing your, your chat with him, but that's how to stop time by Matt Haig. Haig? I think so. H-A-I-G. For our British listeners, I believe it's been out in England because he's British. Um, so I believe it's been out. So you may be like, wait, I already read that book. Uh, but for our U.S. listeners, it's coming over here. Um, that said, my next book is another author that I will be interviewing um, and read the book, uh, Mr. Tender's Girl by Carter Wilson. Mm-hmm. Did you put it on your list? Okay. I feel like I have to check now. I, I, you're right to have to check. <laughs> I'm, I'm off my game. Uh, so Mr. Tender's Girl um, is based on the Slender Man stabbings um, from a few years ago where two girls were just obsessed with this fictional character, Slender Man, and stabbed another girl in order to impress slender man and so carter wilson kind of took that idea and created a fictional character um mr tender the book is really good 
It was a little slow to start. It was a slow burn start. But it just, like, hit this point where that is literally all I did on Saturday. (laughs) I could not stop reading it. It was just so good. Um, It's about a girl who had been stabbed as when she was younger by two girls uh, in her class who were obsessed with this character, Mr. Tender. Fun fact, the stabbed girl's dad created Mr. Tender. He was a, he was a comic book uh, graphic novelist artist. Um, it was really, really well done. So I have so many questions for Carter. Was that the one that you put on Instagram? Yes. Okay. With the cover where it's just the eyes and mm-hmm. it's a black cover. Yes. I did the whole forgot I was podcasting thing and just gave you like a wide eyed like grin and shaking of my head, which none of you can see. That was me agreeing. Um, yeah, I want, I want to read it. Did they send you an arc of that? I got it online. Okay. An arc online. It's probably better that I don't take advanced reader copies of books from you right now because my TBR list in the house that I don't have a lot of space in right now is very, very high. So I shouldn't do that. Um, I have a couple young adult ones and this one I'm just going to go really quickly uh, it's Tempest and Slaughter by Tamora Pierce because it's Tamora Pierce right I, I would read her version of a phone book um, but it's the first book in a new trilogy and it's about three student mages who are bound by fate um, and I again I don't really feel like I need to even really describe too much about what is going on here. Uh, you can find it on overdrive.com or obviously in our collection, but it's Tamora Pierce and she has a new fantasy young adult book out. And as I mentioned in an episode previous, that's been very much my jam at the beginning of this year. I feel like I've listened to like 10 YA fantasies. So, and she's probably the best at them. So I'm excited. Yeah, she's good. Mm-hmm. I think Kristen, our coworker, Kristen really likes her. Yes. <clears throat> I have The Glass Forest by Cynthia Swanson. You're good. Okay. Um, from the New York Times bestselling author of the bookseller comes a gripping literary suspense novel set in the 1960s about a deeply troubled family and three women who will reveal its dark truths. In the autumn of 1960, Angie Glass is living an idyllic life in her Wisconsin hometown. At 21, she's married to charming, handsome Paul and has just given birth to a baby boy. But one phone call changes her life forever. When Paul's niece, Ruby, reports that her father, Henry, has committed suicide and that her mother, Celia, is missing, Angie and Paul drop everything and fly to the small upstate town of Stonekill, New York, to be by Ruby's side. Angie thinks they're coming to the rescue of Paul's grief-stricken young niece, but Ruby is composed and enigmatic 17-year-old who resists Angie's attempts to nurture her. As Angie learns more about the complicated class family staying in Henry and Celia's eerie and ultra-modern house on the edge of the woods. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) She begins to question the very fabric of her own marriage. Sounds really good. Right? I'm down. I'm down for that. Uh, My next one is another young adult. It's Shadow Song by S.J. Jones. Uh, About eight or nine months ago, I obsessively talked about winter song the first of the two books on this by her uh it's the the, it's like a mix of the labyrinth and beauty and the beast um there's this main character named lizel or liesel and she goes to this other world and there's this goblin king and it's the the first one is this book that it you get lost in it and literally i i actually the book itself is gorgeous but I would, I, 
would recommend reading it as an ebook specifically because if you don't know where you're at in the book, it's almost more fun because it's designed very much like in the labyrinth, the movie where you lose your way and you don't know where you're at. And it's very um, kind of turns you upside down and it's very disjointed. But reading a book like this is so unique because they mostly books obviously usually follow a pretty straight through line. And this just doesn't it. It's circular and like sometimes it's repetitive and you're like, wait, did I read this? But you didn't. And so this is going to, this is the second book of that duology. And I, I have become obsessed with SJ Jones since then. Like I follow her on Instagram and her, her life looks so amazing. So I'm going to try really hard, you guys, to have her come on now that she's done writing the second book. Cause that's why she couldn't come on the first time she was busy writing this one. So I'm super pumped. Um, Shadow Song by S.J. Jones. I have Chicago by David Mamet. The David Mamet. Yeah. I love David Mamet. (laughs) (laughs) David has a novel out. Uh, He's a playwright and has had movie adaptions made, which is probably how you know his name. But um, this is set in Chicago, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Set in 1920s. 1920 Chicago. Chicago. David Mamet. It is coded. So just to kind of, um, there are, you know, subject headings. It is actually listed as noir. You don't get noir in 2018 very often, but Chicago, David Mamet has done it. That sounds delicious. I feel like I don't really need to say anything no. else. Did you already put this on hold? Um, I think so. I'm going to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds, wow, I'm excited about that. Uh, Okay, I have The Shape of Water. So, the movie, Shape of Water, I've not seen it yet, but it's getting all the attention, and it looks phenomenal, and I secretly want it to be. There's these rumors, I'll get to the book in a second. There's, (laughs) we kind of talked about this in a comic book episode that's coming up next week, but there's these rumors that... He is either Abe Sapien, the, the character from Shape of Water is either Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies, which he's not, but there are rumors because he looks so much like him. The other rumor that I desperately need to be true, you guys, is that he is the creature from the Black Lagoon and that Guillermo del Toro, who wanted to do the Universal Movie Universe originally and balked at it, is like, this is his way of revamping it because the universe, the dark universe, the that's happening with the Universal Movie Monsters not gotten off to a great start. It's awful. The first, the mummy is was very very bad. Um, I the the Universal Movie Monsters are I obsess over them, so I desperately want them to be, to work out. So I need this to actually be the creature from the Black Lagoon, <laughs> and it's some top secret thing that Guillermo del Toro is starting the new new version of the Dark Universe. Anyway, so Shape of Water. The movie, he worked hard with author Daniel Krauss to also create a book version of it. So apparently, this isn't just like a novelization of a movie. It I is. I think that's what I was. I thought it was. Yeah, it's not. It's an actual uh, story that is somewhat intertwined with the movie, but there's parts that go in different directions, and there's parts that bring it back, and all sorts of different stuff. Uh, Guillermo did have a part a little bit in the book but basically he and Daniel Cross I believe what I saw was they sat down and they built out the entire story structure of how to get from the beginning to the end but then 
went their separate ways and Guillermo made it into a movie and Daniel made it into a novel. And so there are different stuff. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited as you may have I just... Guys, the, the Universal Movie Monsters are like one of my first loves in life. And the new movies are so bad. Like Dracula Untold or whatever it was called. It's just absolute garbage. The Mummy with Tom Cruise was not better. Ugh. Anyway, what's your next book, Jill? My next book is In Praise of Difficult Women, Life Lessons from 29 Heroines Who Dared to Break the Rules. Uh, so this is... It, it's um, The authors listed as Karen Cobo and Cheryl Strayed. Um, Cheryl, of course, is done wild (laughs) is she she wild or yes she's wild and brave enough (laughs) is she wild yes i knew she meant meant. (laughs) yes that is her um so this is a uh kind of a collection of um oh i totally copied the wrong description (gasps) (laughs) rut row no no luckily it it popped up first thing uh copy and paste error copy and paste error there so, um, smart, sassy, and unapologetically feminine, this elegantly illustrated book is an ode to the bold and charismatic women of modern history. Best-selling author Karen Carbo and, oh, I said, I said Kobo, I think. I have the <laughs> Rakutan on the brain yeah, thing. Uh-huh. Karen Carbo and Cheryl Strayed, um, introduction is from Cheryl, I believe. Uh, anyway, Carbo spotlights the spirited rule breakers who chartered their way with little regard for expectations. Amelia Earhart, Helen Gurley Brown, E. Sedgwick, Hillary Clinton, Amy Poehler, and Shonda Rhimes are just among the mm-hmm. 29 um, women who are featured in this. So I'm I'm excited. This sounds like a uh, entirely female-based, female-centric gumption by Nick <laughs> Offerman. Yeah. Which, by the way, Nick Offerman would fully support. Um, I want to read that a lot. That sounds really, really good as well. He's awesome. February is a good month, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second to last one, actually my last one, I then I have a recommendation from our buddy Andrea who made sure she wanted me to tell it. But my last one is Woman at 1000 Degrees by, whoa, names, I'm going to butcher this one, Halgrimur Helgeson. Uh, she's an Icelandic author, and I want to give credit to the translator as well. It's Brian Fitzgibbon. This book has been out for a while in Iceland. I don't know how many Icelandic listeners we have, so it's new for the majority of you, I believe. What it is, is this woman, Hera Bjorgensen, she's at the beginning of the end of her life. She's living in this garage in Iceland. Uh, She's already booked her own cremation appointment at a crispy 1,000 degrees, and it won't take very long. Uh, But until then, she has her last few cigarettes. She has... A World War II era grenade with her. She has some Facebook friends and her memories. And so what this book is, is it goes through her 80-year life, um, which is really crazy. It's fiction, but the life that was created for her is, is amazing. She's the supposedly the granddaughter of Iceland's first president. She was born on these remote islands. Uh, she kissed a beetle. She fled a war. She wed and lost husbands. She survived and mastered the internet, uh, overcame Iceland, the Icelandic financial crash, and a whole bunch of other stuff. She sounds really interesting, and apparently this is one of the most popular writers in Iceland. So, 
I stole, I saw this because uh, when we were on the Reading Glasses podcast, one of their two hosts, Mallory O'Meara, went to Iceland with her boyfriend relatively recently, and she took all these pictures in these Icelandic uh, bookstores, and this was one of the books she was she recommended. So, I would I would read anything Mallory recommended. We have had Iceland listeners. I just checked. Okay, well then you guys would know all about. Uh, I've Halgrimur Helgeson. Um, my last book is The Girls of Camp Forevermore by Kim Fu. A group of young girls descend on Camp Forevermore, a sleepy camp in the Pacific Northwest where their days are filled with swimming lessons, friendship bracelets, and camp songs by the fire. Filled with excitement and nervous entry energy, they set off on an overnight kayaking trip to a nearby island. Before the night is over, they find themselves stranded with no adults to help them survive or guide them home. The Lost Girls of Camp Forevermore traces these five girls through and beyond this fateful trip. We see them through successes and failures, loving relationships and heartbreaks. We see what it means to find and define oneself and the ways in which the same experience is refractured through five, uh, through different people. Uh, I had this actually recommended to me by a friend, Terry, and um, then it popped up as on this month. I think I actually had two friends recommend this book to me so nice clearly this is a book i need to read so thank you heather and terry for recommending it to me the last one i have again this is actually from andrea uh it's young adult it's the last to let go by amber smith if you look at the cover it somewhat reminds me of heather demetrios bad romance um and also the book kind of reminds me of that as well i haven't read it yet but the main character's name is brooke winters uh She's going near her junior year of school. It's supposed to be all about change. She's transferring schools, starting over, starting to make plans for college so she can finally leave her hometown. Uh, everything changes when her mother is arrested for supposedly killing Brooke's abusive father. Uh, no one really knows what happened. They don't know if it was self-defense or premeditated or what happened. Uh, but her, but Brooke and her siblings are now completely on their own. Um, and throughout this year of not only being her by being on her own, she discovers her first love. She has her first heart heartbreak, her first taste of freedom. Sounds like a very unique take on coming of age tales. Mm-hmm. So I again, she told me about it this morning. I haven't read it myself, but I'm interested, and the cover looks really good. Yeah. So those are all of them for me as well. All right, excellent. That's, We're all set. That's good serendipity. This always seems to work out for us. <laughs> I know that I should be knocking on wood, but. It always seems to work out okay. So, um, As always, if you want book recommendations, feel free to shoot us an email or a tweet or an Instagram comment. Uh, we will happily provide you recommendations in addition to these. And if we don't have any good ones, we'll track down a librarian at Overdrive who does. So, Anything else you can think of? I think that's it. All right, fantastic. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed these books throughout the month of February, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. My name's Adam Sokol, and I'm the host of the Passions and Prologues podcast. Every week, Best-selling authors like Jenny Jackson, Rebecca Mackay, Lisa Scottolini, or Brad Meltzer come on to my show to talk about, yes, their new books, but more importantly, the things that they're crazy passionate about. We've talked about the Muppets, powerlifting, traveling, gardening, 
home improvement, and so much more. We dig into why these things are their passions, how they inspire their writing, and where they came to fall in love with these random assorted things. Be sure to subscribe to the Passions and Prologues podcast wherever you get your podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com to learn more.